Welcome to a special edition of The Fastest Five Minutes, presented by Kroll & Morin. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Aaron Rankin, bringing you a summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. This is a special edition of the podcast, focusing on new rules issued last week by the Department of Defense that implements various requirements of recent NDAAs. And we're going to turn first to DOD's new rule that this imposes additional requirements for contractors to provide cost or pricing data to the government. Erin, what can you tell us about that new rule? Thanks, Peter. So just as background, as you know, in awarding negotiated contracts, the FAR and DFARS require COs to award contracts at prices that are fair and reasonable. And FAR Part 15 provides guidance to contracting officers for using various cost and pricing analysis techniques to ensure that they get a fair and reasonable price. And of course, for certain procurements where there lacks adequate price competition, the Truthful Cost or Pricing Data Statute, what we still all refer to as TINA, mandates that contractors disclose certified cost or pricing data. And then in other procurements, which are not subject to TINA, CEOs can require the submission of other than certified cost or pricing data to the extent it's necessary to determine a fair and reasonable price. While the 2020 NDAA put some additional requirements on DOD contracting officers in how they determine price reasonableness, and more importantly for our listeners, what data contractors are required to provide. DOD implemented this new rule last week. So here's the rule. First, it prohibits contracting officers from relying solely on historical prices paid by the government to determine that the price of a contract or subcontract is fair and reasonable. And in issuing the new rule, DOD explained that historical prices paid by the government cannot properly comprise the only factor when determining a price is fair and reasonable, but rather may be used as one factor among several different factors. In addition, the rule states that when DOD makes a, quote, reasonable request for data other than certified cost or pricing data, offers must make a, quote, good faith effort to comply with that request. Now, I'll note that the rule does provide for a waiver of this requirement, but only by the head of contracting activity and only if they determine that it is in the best interest of the government to still make the award. And in order to make that determination, the HCA must consider a number of factors. And these factors include first, the effort required to obtain the data. Second, the availability of other sources of supply of the item or service. Third, the urgency or criticality of the government's need for the item or service. Fourth, the reasonableness of the price based on other information that's available to the CO. Fifth, the rationale or justification made by the offeror for not providing the requested data. And finally, the risk to the government if the award is not made. But the rule leaves a lot of open questions about what is a reasonable request for data, what contractors or offers must do to comply with that request in good faith, and how it will be determined that the parties acted reasonably and in good faith, particularly if the contractor believes that the request made is not reasonable. 
Aaron, that's a great overview. So let's take a step back and can you talk about what this means for contractors? What is open quote other than certified cost or pricing data, close quote? And are there any consequences for not complying with the CO's request? Sure. So to back up, we should keep in mind that this will apply to contract awards that are not subject to the statutory requirements of TINA to disclose and certify that you've provided cost or pricing data that is current, accurate, and complete. And as you may know, requests for, quote, other than certified cost or pricing data are not new. The phrase is defined in the FAR to mean pricing data, cost data, and judgmental information that is necessary for COs to determine a fair and reasonable price or to determine cost realism. So this can include the identical types of data as certified cost or pricing data, but of course, without the certification. For example, it could include sales data and any information reasonably required to explain the offer's estimating process, including the judgmental factors that are applied in the mathematical or other methods used in the estimate, and the nature and amount of any contingencies included in the proposed price. As far as how this will affect contractors, I'll note that the requirement does flow down to subcontractors, and DOD explained that the CEO would be responsible for evaluating the analysis performed by the prime on their subs to ensure they considered additional data aside from just the previous prices that were paid. And finally, Peter, there are potential consequences for not complying with a DOD request for other than certified cost or pricing data. First off, of course, it could result in the contract not being awarded. In addition, the rule also requires that if a contractor has denied multiple government requests for submission of data other than certified cost or pricing data in the last three years, but they still received an award, that will be noted on the contractor's past performance evaluations in their CPARs. So contractors will want to factor this in when considering whether they will comply with a request to provide other than certified cost or pricing data. So Aaron, those are really important headlines for contractors to be thinking about and really helpful uh, thoughts there. I understand there's another DOD rule that affects how contracting officers select the type of contract for use for an acquisition. Can you talk a little about that? That's right, Peter. So you may recall that the 2017 NDAA had a provision that required DOD contracting officers to give a preference for fixed price contracts. And under that provision, when COs were selecting what type of contract to use for a particular procurement, COs had to first consider using fixed price contracts, including fixed price incentive contracts. And also under that provision, in order to use cost reimbursable contracts that exceeded $25 million in value, COs had to get approval from the head of contracting activity. But last year's NDAA for 2022 effectively repealed the preference for fixed price contracts and DOD implemented the new rule affecting that reversal last week. So DOD contracting officers now have more flexibility to use cost reimbursable contracts. But time will tell whether this actually results in an increased use of them. So it sounds like the DOD rulemaking machine has been busy. You've covered a couple. Are there any other recently issued rules that are worth mentioning? Yes, indeed. So DOD issued several other rules that don't implicate cost and pricing. 
For example, they added a prohibition on the award of any DOD contracts to an entity that requires its employees to sign certain kinds of internal confidentiality agreements. In particular, the rule prohibits agreements that would restrict employees from lawfully reporting waste, fraud, or abuse related to the performance of a DOD contract. Now, this should sound familiar to many of our listeners, as a similar provision has already been in effect in the FAR. DOD also amended the DFARS to remove the requirement to use RFID tags for certain shipments due to the use of a more cost-effective technology that's available. Finally, DOD made changes to contracts subject to excise tax withholding and also ended a pilot program for the acquisition of military purpose non-developmental items. Perfect. Aaron, thank you so much for joining the podcast. A lot of really useful information. We will wrap up this edition. This has been the Fastest Five Minutes brought to you by Kroll and Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have questions about these items, I can be reached at 202-624-2807, and Aaron can be reached at 202-624-2590. Thanks so much for joining and enjoy the day. The Fastest Five Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll and Mooring LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast. podcast.